On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we have Alex Baumgartner from Five Reasons Sports Network on the show to discuss him being in person at the Hall of Fame induction. We're going to get a whole bunch of perspective on Roberto Luongo being inducted along with everyone else, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Thursday, November 17th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're to our team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramona Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at monoman 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL channel, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, and the newest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NHL Prospects. So, Cats fans, this is an episode that I've been really looking forward to recording and also teased a little bit earlier in the week. And even when discussing our, this previous episode with Alex, of course, this was planned all along about him bringing, bringing him in on the show because he was actually in person there at the hockey hall of fame induction ceremony. And of course the Florida Panthers having their, their really their first, player who spent a majority of their career in a Florida Panthers sweater inducted into the Hall of Fame in Roberto Luongo. So a great time to bring in my guest on the show, Alex Baumgartner from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alex, welcome back to the show. Yeah, long time no see. It's been uh, like six days. Yeah, just a little bit over since the your last appearance on the show. So of course, uh, an exciting time, of, of course, for for all of us uh, this past weekend. Uh, we were we were talking quite a bit pre-recording, but of course, uh, going going now now that now that the cameras are on and the and the recording and all that, I we were discussing previously how I I saw the Hall of Fame induction from a completely different lens on 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 Twitter and 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 all. And a, and a lot of us as well. Uh, and there's only so much we can take away from from the weekend. As far as you being there in person, what what was your biggest takeaway when when it came to not only Roberto Luongo but just the weekend overall? The weekend overall was spectacular. The Hockey Hall of Fame, Kelly Massey, Lanny McDonald, all that was involved in creating all of this. They do it a great every single year. This year was um, spectacular. Uh, with the COVID protocols pretty much coming down, there is a lot of more hands-on stuff. Um, the media, we got lots of access, lots of interviews, and the players really enjoyed it. I mean, you had a really great class this year, a very modern class with multiple first ballots. You had uh, three Swedes. You had three Vancouver Canucks. You had multiple players that played in Canada. You had Herb Carnegie who was probably the greatest player to never play in the NHL. The only reason he couldn't play in the NHL was because of the color of his skin. You had Rika Salonen, who wasn't able to come, but she was um, one of the greatest European players of all time for the women's game. 
Um, you had a very, very good class. Everyone from the inductees were just absolutely amazing to talk to. And um, Luongo, he is the star of the town, um, representing the Florida Panthers, the Vancouver Canucks, the city of Montreal, and, of course, Team Canada. You heard Lou Chance everywhere. I heard it on the red carpet. You heard it inside of the hall. You heard it at the Legends game when he was getting his blazer. Um, Roberto Luongo, he was the last one to get the blazer. He was the last one to um, do his Hall of Fame speech. They usually save the last one for the one that the people are looking forward to most. Now, I'm not saying that Luongo is better than anyone there. They all rightfully deserve to be the Hall of Fame, but usually the last person to talk and the last person to, to do the blazer and he did the puck drop multiple times is usually the one with the biggest following, I would say. And obviously, Lou is one of the most known players in the modern NHL. Yeah, and it, it's just also really just comes down to his overall charisma as as well. And uh, for, for, for that, I, it's not to say that the other guys don't, and, and Gal... Uh, doesn't doesn't have any so it, it really just goes to show just like how he conducts himself always willing to joke around as well is, is something that is really helpful of course him being a a, a high draft pick for fourth overall yeah Henrik and Daniel Sedin were second and third in in when when they were selected in the same draft and then going in at the same time is like so much destiny for the Sedin twins and of course Roberto Luongo getting an opportunity to play with them as well uh one thing that it, we we all know uh, Roberto Luongo for any uh, for some of his uh, funny uh, funny lines. Uh, were there any uh, funny lines that stuck to you throughout the weekend? Um, there was a lot uh, when uh, I think it was, I believe it was Henrik. I I can't really recall, but well, one of the there was only one sitting there during um, the media conference, but he said he got the call in the bathroom and Lou made a joke saying, Oh, he picked up the mic said, Oh, I'm familiar with that. Obviously in his, a uh, playoff at uh, debacle and he had to go to the bathroom. He mentioned that in his speech. Um, he mentioned it a couple times, actually, you know, he made a joke saying that he heard, usually you get the call around noon and he didn't receive a call from Lanny and Mike until about two 30. So he said he was on his third scotch by then, which everyone thought was hilarious. Um, I, I asked him a couple times, like during the legends game, I said, Hey, you scored a couple goals tonight. Um, you sure you didn't want to play for, are you, you sure you rather not have been a, uh, four than a goal? He said, well, not anymore. But, um, you know, he, he was very, uh, he, he's very Lou like, you know, the, the same character you see in person, the same character you see on Twitter. Um, the, the entertainment factor was there, but also you could see the humbleness just with who he mentioned in his hall of fame speech. You know, talking about his personal trainer, about Francois, the uh, former goalie coach of the Canadian, uh, talking about, you know, Patrick Waugh and other Quebec goalies and stuff like that, talking about his uh, parents, uh, taking them to Valdor and everything like that. It's just, he was a very humble guy. And we've known that watching Lou, we've known that seeing Lou, um, he was just, he was Lou this weekend. And the, the reason 
that he's in the Hall of Fame is for his great play, but the reason why he's so likable is because of the character that he shows with the community and with just everyone. He took the time to talk to every media member, shake everyone's hand. Um, he, he was a treat to uh, cover this weekend. Yeah, and and definitely definitely a treat to still have around. And uh, we'll discuss more about uh, Roberto Luongo and the Hall of Fame about, and also about some comments that he made dur- during the during the weekend in in Toronto. So we're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all things betting info stats and analysis get the latest odds trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer esports we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more betonline where the game starts Second segment here on this Thursday, November 17th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I got Alex Baumgartner here from the Five Reasons Sports Network, who is in Toronto in person for the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony for Roberto Luongo, along with the Sedin twins, Herb Carnegie, Daniel Alfredson, and Rika Salian. Uh, so as, as far Roberto Luongo, it's so crazy still to hear the story about how he became a goaltender because one uh one uh one of his teammates uh early on uh just couldn't make it to to I believe a practice and then Roberto Luongo is just interested in in becoming a goalie and then it's it's stuck to him since and also him talking about how his uh son plays uh goalie and now how he's wondering what's wrong with him when when uh conducting his speech so a few other notable comments, of course, for for Roberto Luongo during that during that uh, weekend. But he also made some comments saying that he would like to also be a GM or a president of a of hockey operations uh, one day as well. He made those comments during the weekend, and of course, there was those rumors uh, throughout last year when the Montreal Canadiens were looking for their uh, a new GM. Of course, their them specifically, they were looking for someone who could also speak French and speak to the people of Montreal. And there was a lot of uh, there was a little bit of noise uh, with Roberto Luongo's, but he ended up staying here. Uh, what do you make of those comments of Roberto Luongo's uh, of uh, him wanting to be a GM or a president of hockey operations one day? Well, you know, it's funny when I was there when he said it in the scrum and um, or talked something about that. He said he was a great uh, GM in fantasy football. He said one year he had about ten leagues. I think he I don't want to misquote him. He said he won like six or seven. Um, <laughs> doesn't play fantasy hockey plays fantasy football he's a big fantasy football guy but um you know he's what the special advisor to the gm in florida um he was one of the front office staff for team canada when they went to the world championship gold medal a couple years ago. i think it was about two years ago um yeah so there's uh there's definitely a chance you know um goaltenders have translated pretty well into the front office Maybe um, not as many as a GM, but there is some former goalies that are GMs. But a lot of them are working in hockey ops, whether it's a Brodeur or a Hextall or someone else. Uh, the, the goaltender, he said, uh, someone asked him, why are the goaltenders so good in the front office? He said, it's the, they're the smartest people in the game. Uh, they're very Lou-like, and he's right. Um, you know, I, I can't tell if he'll be a GM one day or, uh, what, or uh, you know, a president of hockey operations, whatever it is, but... Um, 
he's a smart mind. He was a great player. He's clearly he knows what he's doing in Florida and when he's representing Canada internationally in the front office. So, um, uh, personally, I like him in Florida, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, one day he's definitely going to get his shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we know, we, we know it's not going to be in Florida and it's not, it's not because it's not even because of, uh, what, uh, it's not even because of whether Bill Zito is doing a good job or not. I just feel that when you have a franchise legend uh, like that, you don't want to put it, him in a position to be fired and then have a bad taste uh, in his mouth on, on the franchise that he basically spent most of uh, his uh, career in. Uh, but an another uh, question that I have for you is not including uh, Roberto Luongo. Of all the speeches, who who which one was one that really stuck out to you most? Of course, uh, Herb Carnegie wasn't there. Obviously, he's no longer with us. Uh, but we had uh, we saw his family members uh, speak uh, throughout his Hall of Fame induction. Of course, you said one of the Sedin twins uh, were not there, uh, and uh, we had Daniel Alfredson uh, there who took a little bit of to uh, to uh, get inducted into the Hall. Yeah. So um, obviously, Herb Carnegie passed away. Born in 1919, uh, the family was amazing to talk to all weekend. They were, they were a joy to speak to. Um, quickly, I'm covering my drink with this because we don't do free sponsors. That's why I keep doing this. So if you see me do this and then pour something in my mouth, it's because we're not doing free sponsors. So you're gonna look at Aaron Eckblad instead. Now I can't pinpoint exactly <laughs> one speech that was better than the other. Um, they were all great. All the players were great. Talking to everyone this weekend was a joy. Um, I spoke to Daniel Alberton a little bit. I made a joke to him and I said, uh, you know, you've had some uh, great battles against Toronto in your career. And now you're getting enshrined here. How does that feel? He's like, that's great. And uh, we, we cracked a couple of jokes here and there. It's just being there, talking to the players, you know, seeing the human side. Keep in mind, all these guys... Um, played when i was growing up i started watching hockey around 2006 i think the first stanley cup final that i really remember was 2007 and daniel alperton did play in that when the anaheim ducks defeated the ottawa senators the the greatest cup run that i saw was 2010 vancouver versus boston all of canada was holding their breath hoping Vancouver would have won that one. I remember I was in Montreal watching that. Um, just, they have a restaurant here in Canada, a big chain called Boston Pizza. It's Canadian, has nothing to do with Boston. Apparently, it's the style of pizza. I have no clue. They changed the ads for all the Boston pizzas in Canada, or at least in BC, to Vancouver Pizza or something like that, because they were playing the Bruins. Um, so I watched Daniel and Henrik and I watched Lou. My, my favorite hockey moment of all time was the 2010 Olympics when Canada was playing against the U S obviously as a Canadian American, I was cheering for Canada cause that's how I was raised. And I remember sitting on my couch in the living room with my dad, watching the gold medal game, watching Zach Parise score with about 24 seconds left. Um, I remember just seeing a flood of red in what is now the Rogers uh or the i don't even know what it's called anymore in vancouver rogers arena rogers arena the rogers place Ro rogers honestly place. there's so much rogers here 
There's a Rogers Center. Edmonton has a Rogers. They have a Rogers. Anyways, in Vancouver, um, all of Canada was watching, and I, I tear up and I get goosebumps every time. Every time I worked at the Hockey Hall of Fame, I saw the net, the golden goal. Uh, I remember watching Luongo, uh, you know, backstop Canada to a gold medal. Every time I hear the Sidney Crosby golden goal song I, or call, I get the goosebumps. So to, to see that, to see, to hear the Canadian media really ask about the triumphs of the 2010 Olympics, hearing Lou, you know, talk about how he had to make a big save in the OT against Joel Pavelski. He slid the puck back to Scott Niedermeyer, who sprung the play in transition, hit Crosby. Crosby got the puck from a Ginla, and well, the rest is history. I, I didn't know that part. I don't, I didn't, re- like, you remember the goal, but you don't remember Lou making the save, and you don't remember. Lou sliding the puck instead of freezing it to Scott Niedermeyer. You remember Crosby jumping up in the play. You remember him scoring the goal. But um, it was great to hear that. Uh, I watched the Sedins and the All-Star Games. You know, you watch those NHL commercials where they had the Swedish twins and it was the two Sedins. Um, you know, I, I remember watching Daniel Alfredson a lot because uh, Ottawa had some pretty good teams you know, early on back then, it's, um, it, it was, it was a really cool thing to, you know, speak to the players, you know, see them in their older age. Cause I, I was watching them 16 years ago when I was five. So it, it was a fun class to, uh, to talk to this year. Yeah. And, and usually for, and it's crazy because usually for hall of fames, when it comes to <coughs> the casual fan, uh, when it's not, when it's not a player really of their of their team, it's really hard for them to for to get that emotional connection to to want to know kind of what goes on in and and all the speeches as well. When it's not someone of well, your team, someone who you followed, but with like Luongo as well, the very first Florida Panther really to spend most of his career there. Well, he's so the first ever majority uh, player to spend the majority, majority of his career there. With I think he had five. Majority. He had 1,044 NHL games. I think he had 572 with the Panthers. I did the math. It was about 100 more than he did with Vancouver or somewhere in the ballpark. He only played 24 with the Islanders. So uh, the, the Panthers do have guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Pavel Bure is, is one, the, the Russian Rocket. But, um, you know, Lou was that guy. He was there. As a 21-year-old till he was 26, he got traded to Vancouver, had an amazing prime career there, went back to Florida, took him to the playoffs. He said he really wanted to take that team to the playoffs, which he did. Um, you know, like, we're, we're talking about the – you just mentioned the players and how they're very recent, <clears throat> multiple first ballots. You know, these guys didn't have to wait that long, correct? Um Last year, we had Jerome McGinlaw, who was the headliner, no question about it. One of the greatest two-way players, one of the greatest, you know, he kind of I uh he kind of made his own play type the way he played. Um they, they talked a lot about the Stanley Cup finals with him. You know, he like he's the guy I just mentioned in the Olympics. Marion Hosa was the other guy that was a the recent retiree. The the other couple of people were uh, you know, Doug Wilson who was a little bit older and, um, you know, Ken Holland went in as a builder. So this class specifically was very personal to the fans, specifically the fans in Canada 
and Sweden. So I think, um, you know, they didn't have a class in 2020. Uh, 2019 also had a couple, 2019, 2018, a couple older players. This is one of the first classes that I've seen in recent memory that had so many people that were just recently retired. First ballots, people that, you know, 20-year-olds will remember. 30-year-olds will really remember. It was a very, the selection committee knew what they were doing. These guys obviously deserve to get in. It, but like with the speeches, with the with the legends game and everything like that, they could all participate because you know they played three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so just uh, and of course the class of twenty twenty three that uh, that those uh, those uh, people who are eligible have have been announced and one the name that really uh, stuck out to me though immediately the moment I saw those names was was. Uh, uh, Henrik Henrik Lundqvist as well, so definitely definitely uh, going to be an exciting one uh, next year. But in the third and final segment of this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, we are going to transition to previewing the Panthers game versus the Dallas Stars in the third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Thursday, November 17th edition of the show. And transitioning from the Hall of Fame talk to going back to what this podcast is about, the Florida Panthers. So, um, Alex, the 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 homestand, fourth, fourth game of, of five it, for for the Panthers now for, for this homestand, of course, 2-1-0 for the, the Panthers. Of course, Sergey Bobrovsky was the main storyline for the Panthers on Tuesday night versus Washington. Just And Carver Hagee. Sergey Bobrovsky and Carver Hagee, there's something about them uh, when they face the Washington Capitals. Uh, they seem to take it up an, a, a notch. But a, another tough team comes to town for the Panthers. I mean, Jason Robertson, I mean, leading the way for the Dallas Stars. I mean, 25 points in 16 games. I mean, of course, there was all that contract disp- dispute in the offseason for uh, Jason Robertson and, and company. Jake Ottinger got paid as well. Uh, so I've been I've spoken about so many times of how that draft class in 2017 for the Stars, just boom, boom, boom of star players that you get in that same one. Haskinen, Robertson, Ottinger, uh, not in that order, of course, but just how 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 they've been able to just get the talent there. And just looking up some of the statistics for uh, for Dallas is really the way to beat them if you're going to is special teams second in the league in, in power play percentage and third in the league in uh, in PK percentage. I mean, Miro Haskinen definitely is a guy who who has elevated his game due to, of course, John Klimberg not being there anymore, and he plays on both sides of the puck too. So, uh, what do you think about this matchup for the Florida Panthers as they uh, welcome in uh, a kind of former division rival, quote-unquote, in the Dallas Stars. Yeah, Jason Robertson is the best forward on that team, and he's a top-three player on that team. We can go no particular order, Ottinger, uh, Robertson, and Miro Heiskanen. Um, Dallas is a nice team. I like what they did in the offseason. Obviously, Jason Robertson re-signing was the uh, the biggest thing. He had his RFA rights, but, you know, he's been good since he's entered the league. Um <clears throat> Former Panther Mason Marchment's also on the Dallas Stars. And, um, you know, he just scored a goal against Tampa. 
So, you know, hopefully he takes it a little easy on the Panthers. Quickly, I just want to touch on the, the performance last game. Three points from Matthew Kachuk. Three points from Sasha Barkov. Two goals from Carter Verhage. 40 saves, including five for five on the penalty kill for Sergey Bobrovsky. The Panthers went one for one. On the power play, there was some of the calls that were uh, given, you know, when one team gets one power play, one gets five, you know, there's probably one that should have went the other way and then one that might have, you know, not been taken back or whatever it is. But the Panthers went 100% on special teams. Uh, we're not going to count the uh, four-on-four goal. Uh, the the, uh, the five-on-four five and then the four-on-five, they did perfectly fine, which is something that doesn't happen often this year with the team. So um, going into a game against a special teams juggernaut like the Dallas Stars is going to be very important. Um, I'm going to assume it's going to be Bob's net. You ride the hot hand. They did that with Knight. Knight um, played uh, three straight games, and then Bob went in after a 10-day rest and shut the door. So, uh, you know, 40 saves, even though he gave up the two goals. One was a deflection. Another one, the Panthers were absolutely getting walked by the uh, Washington Capitals in that third period. Nick Cousins saved the day, it seemed like. But, um, yeah, the Panthers are going to have to have a similar performance to the, what they had in the first period against the Washington Capitals where they completely dominated them 20-7 to 7 in the shots. Um, the, the Panthers have, you know, number one in expected goals and, you know, just ridiculous metrics that show how close they are and they're just not getting the cigar lit. So the goals are going to come, you know, you kind of see that yesterday where it's not a one goal game anymore. You get a couple goals there, you, you bury the empty netter. So you're going to have to look for that against Dallas. Um, Dallas is a good team. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple years ago. A couple aging stars. Jamie Benn isn't necessarily what he used to be. Joe Pavelski seems like this guy doesn't age because he's just been great the last couple years after leaving San Jose. Um, Mason Marchman's good. Jason Robertson's absolutely unreal. It's going to be a nice little matchup. I think it's, I think these two teams are going to have a, a fun game, and I think it might be a shootout. Yeah, and then based on Marchment, man, you know if Bill Zito had the cap space, he would have done ev anything and everything to try to – Oh, he would have been the top priority Marchment. over Giroux, I think. Just with the, with, yes, I, just with I, the dollar I, amount and the way he played and the style of his game, it just – it fits what the Panthers need. Mm -hmm. An aggressive four checking power forward. Uh, that, that's for sure for uh, Mason Marchment. You mentioned also Jamie Ben, not what he used to be, but uh, seems to seems to be in uh, better health than what he was uh, in previous years. Of course, the the main the main uh, cap hits that are talked about uh, as far as anchors for the Dallas Stars is uh, Jamie <coughs> Ben and Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan only only three goals on the season, but Jamie Ben, uh, the captain of the team, definitely uh, showing that. There, there isn't too much signs of uh, regression in uh, his game, and of course, let uh, honorable mention as well. Rope Hints, uh, part of that, part part of the top six as well for 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 the Dallas Stars as well. But also, when Jake Onger missed a little bit of time uh, the, uh, in the last few weeks, but back to the lineup now. He's been he's played two two straight games ever since his injury. But the difference between when. Uh, Jake Ottinger plays versus Scott Wedgwood, even though Scott Wedgwood was a great acquisition for Dallas last year at the trade deadline, is a goal a goal per game. It, a just a big difference between Jake Ottinger and, and Wedgwood. I mean, it's not to the point where with Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom, as far as that much of a difference versus who's in, in net, but a, a guy that 
Spencer Knight is going to be compared to along with Carter Hart for many years as young players who were recently drafted, got bridge deals and just trying to prove themselves. But Jake Onger, uh, seems to be earning that four million that that he uh got this offseason. Oh, he's definitely earning it. This isn't necessarily a league where young goalies come in and shine. Three names you mentioned. I'm gonna throw Thatcher Demko in there. Um, you know, yeah, he had a pretty good start to his career. There's a couple of good goaltenders around the NHL. Um it's it's not necessarily just quickly going back to Luongo, he played at 21, 22, what he had a 19 year career. He came in very young. Keep in mind, Rick DiPietro is the reason why he got traded to the Panthers in the first place. Rick DiPietro didn't have, you know, even a close to the career that uh, Luongo had or the longevity or whatever it is. And he was the uh, replacement, replacing a 21-year-old. 20, uh, so when we're looking at young goalies like a Knighter or an Ottinger or a Carter Hart who came in early, played really good his first year, had a kind of a slump the next year. But definitely he's bounced back. You have Jake Ottinger. thought Thatcher Demko was uh, really good. Um, you know, it's it's not a young goalies league. You you see guys that, you know, come in a little bit later, come in from Europe or whatnot. Um, it, when you have a young goalie and and they're they're doing well and you give them a bridge deal like that, he's definitely uh, playing up to that $4 million. Yeah, so, so yeah, once again, once again, the, the, the special teams for Dallas is definitely uh, one that's really, if you want to win this game, uh, definitely uh, that's the, definitely the battle that the Panthers need to win, need to win. But Hey, the, the special teams is starting to come together. Uh, even though Alex told me on Twitter yesterday to not jinx it, but Hey, a hundred percent is a hundred percent on both sides of both sides of the ice for, I was scared. For, yeah. I was scared. I, they, got a, they got a penalty like a second after I tweeted, you tweeted that. <laughs> and, and Hey, even though it was uh even though the, the goal by Washington was on a delay penalty statistically, that doesn't count towards uh towards special teams. So uh, count, count the lucky stars based on, based on, on that for, for that. But special teams is definitely going to be, be that. Uh, be the the key and of course uh, I'm going to assume as well just like you that it's going to be Bobrovsky's net that he's going to get a streak of a few games Knight is going to get probably a week's rest maybe ha maybe uh maybe five maybe five days who knows but uh be, but there will be a back-to-back -back this weekend uh between uh the when Jonathan Huberto comes to town and when they go to Columbus uh too and Columbus is filled with injuries right now you want to hear an absurd stat? And I thought Luongo was lying when he said it in his Hall of Fame speech when Noodles played five games a year. Mm -hmm. I checked. Um, his last three years in Florida, Lou played like 65 or 68, 72 and 75. Oh, my God. He, when, when we're talking about Spencer Knight and Bob, you know, maybe going 50-30, Luongo played 317 games. I know this because I might be writing a Luongo feature right now. He played 317 games in the five seasons when he started his career in Florida. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> he that... played 317 games with the Panthers mm -hmm. that... in his first stint. That five. just goes to show. That just goes to show that uh, when when you're definitely trying to claw out wins, and you definitely have a guy as talented as Luongo that. He, he is the guy that gives you the best chance to win. And of course, those up, uh, all those starts, nine, uh, averaging nine more shots against the game uh, in 2004, more than Marty Berdour as well. And still 
falling short of the playoffs multiple times. It's just only, you can only imagine the utter frustration. It's, it, it, but we got we got to see some highlight real plays uh, throughout his career. That's for sure. He's and, one of the greatest players to never win a cup, and that you know, besides those Vancouver teams, you know, he didn't really have any. Like he he kind of uh, the Florida Florida picked it up a little bit too late in his uh, in his career unfortunately because yeah. if you if you had anywhere close to a prime luongo with a, with the team the panthers had last year and the goaltending was really good in that first round and yeah. i don't think it was bad in that second round but man <sighs> lou deserved a team or two like the one they had last year mm -hmm. couldn't have said it better myself of uh, myself my friend and how special is roberto luongo uh, in 2008, when he was with Vancouver, the first goalie to become a captain of a team since 1948. So that's, uh, I'm trying to do math in my head. That's 60 years uh, between between a goalie being captain. That's how you know that you are not only that great of a player, but also you impact the locker room that greatly. Uh, as uh, Like I said at the very beginning of the show, Lou and his just overall charisma and someone who just seems like a person who's just willing to listen to people and just be there for you. And that's really the, the takeaway uh, as far as who, who he is as a person. I can only imagine, I can only imagine the father, Roberto Luongo and, 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 and how his wife views him. If he's that charismatic in the locker room, just, I can only imagine how it is uh, off the ice as well, away, away from everything. But Alex, uh, I want to thank you once again for coming on to this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast to share uh, your in-person experience uh, from Roberto Luongo, along with everyone else who got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, this past weekend. Tell everybody where they can find you online. All right, keep it simple. A Baumgartner ninety one on Twitter, and then my work will be on Five Reasons Sports Luongo article. I'm shooting for the morning. Oh, so. So you'll today. get a podcast. You'll get a podcast with Alex Baumgartner in the morning, uh, discussing Roberto Luongo, and you'll get an actual article. And we'll definitely uh, plug it here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, uh, the Twitter pages, and all that. So, uh, thank you once again, Alex, and, and hope to have you back on soon. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to all the shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stuart Roden, and the newest show on the Locked On NHL Network, Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today gives you a 20-minute or less podcast discussing all things throughout the sports scene. You'll get daily interviews and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.